I mean, I don't know if I've ever a show that wants me to feel dumb. Like it's almost it's like asking like you tiny pea brain how could you you idiot how did you not know this was gonna happen yeah let me break down this nine point plan with like frame perfect clues i don't know and unfortunately we don't know anything about the characters weird not even a little bit but i guess we're gonna help the students find out so am i starting yeah i'm starting right you are yeah all right then i'll cop anyway Welcome back to Ebology, everybody. I am your more than lightly toasted Professor Ricky this time. And I am your 21st ranked professor in South uh, South Korea. How? Um, yeah, I was at the beach. I didn't put sunscreen on again. I'm a doof. <laughs> I'm a doof. Let's, I'm putting that one aside. You've come in way hotter than I did. 21st in anything in South Korea. What exactly is this? <laughs> Well, not in anything. Uh, we get like sometimes, I don't know, some dumb podcasting aggregator or something will send out rankings. Oh, that's right. And I guess our last episode was ranked 21st in South Korea Ooh. last week. So Shout out to so, South you know, Korea. Hell yeah, guys. Kind of a big deal, I think. I think so. I mean, I, there must be an, at least 24 podcasts in South Korea. So, I mean, <laughs> we... You know, the, well... Podcast about anime. Uh, fair, fair, fine, fine. But you know what? I like so like legitimately, we could be very far down the list. But I, here, here's one thing I don't quite get. It only has Apple like podcasts. Yeah, which is like weird to me. Sure, but um, also if you like go search it, you like can't find the same data again. So you just have to be like, yeah, whatever <laughs> they said was right. The email knows all. And then they just tell you, like, right. if you ever get the full stats, like, oh, yeah, the list is 21 long. Ha-ha. Wait a minute. Wait a, Wait minute. a minute. Hold on a second. Absolute email just coming out with the savage reviews of us. Yeah. All right. That's cool. Yeah. But speaking of savage, my dude, today, we we're talking about a show that... I think it is nesting itself in a, I don't want to say it's necessarily a new genre, but it's a genre that's definitely picked up steam lately due to certain globally, you know, praised shows along this line, anime or not. And I think everyone wanted to jump on this bandwagon, though the manga definitely preceded a lot of this stuff. So I want to say maybe they were doing some interesting, unique stuff, but I think there's a lot of correlative things we can draw from other shows that we have enjoyed in the past and have celebrated in our own right. Uh, but I guess we'll find out because I do have a couple notes that maybe hold it back from being stellar. But I had a good time. Ethan, oh, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the, uh, I guess, summer 2022 Tomodachi game. Yes, the uh, kind of along the high-minded game-centric battle shows that have come out lately that you know we've talked about obviously squid game became that one and with this particular type of show i think this from a construction of like the games in this show and the way they frame it i am gonna kind of pull in a couple other shows to try to see you can almost see where and what elements of 
these other shows that they're pulling in. But it's made by, or it was adapted by a Okoroto Nobru. Nobru? I've never even heard of this studio. I... Oh, wait. They did How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. Okay. All right. I, I mean... I, Which is honestly a travesty of a show. So, I mean, they, their pedigree is light. But walking away from this <laughs> one, it's it's light. So but, that, is, that is like the, the kindest way of saying that. I was trying to, I was trying to be... I just, I just shoved the second half of it in my brain. And man, they, uh, they, they can really... They don't pull punches sometimes. Or at least they like to think they're not pulling punches. They genre themselves as a psychological thriller. It's way more psych than thrill, I would say. But I don't know. First thoughts. How, how did you walk away from it? Yeah, I mean, I, so I like this line of questioning. We, we should just like kind of say how we felt. And then I guess probably just go straight into spoilers because I don't know how you really talk about the show without really like talking about the crux of it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, um, but I, I think overall I like it. I think it's it's enjoyable. I wouldn't. I would say, I agree with like talked off mic. Like you thought it maybe thought it was a little smarter than it really is. Yeah, and and it, um, it, yeah. Keep going. I I'm I, trying to formulate some well, thoughts here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I came to some of the same conclusions as like our main characters in some situations, but like there's also like. I don't know. Sometimes when you watch shows and they just make insane logic leaps, you're like, are you fucking serious? Like, seriously, <laughs> this you. is how you got there? Yeah. And and I think that's kind of what I'm feeling a, a little bit, at least from our main character, is he's like essentially light or L. Yeah. Where he just like, or I guess L was more more like that, where he just like somehow pulled shit out of the fucking thin air. And was like, I know all. JK, you're dead. JK, you're dead. But okay, so to preface the critiques that I will inevitably have of the show and kind of the main character is exemplary of, of some of the things I have, with shows like this, you have it's, you know, Squid Game, Kaiji. I mean, it's very much a mind game, battle of wits situation. And with these kinds of shows, I don't know if I explicitly said it with Kaiji, but in my mind, the mark of a good show like this is finding that really hair-thin line between you as the audience member seeing all of the stuff coming, right? Because all of the big drops are meant to be like high-minded plans and, you know, schemes and stuff like that. But then the other side is kind of, as you just said, right? How the, you don't want the audience to be like, okay, after they already give you the reveal that you're like, oh, fucking, all right. Like, the, the someone once said uh, that was like talking about game design that a good puzzle is where you have all the pieces in front of you and the only thing stopping you from solving the problem is your ability to put it together. If you don't have all the pieces or those pieces feel so convoluted that even when they fit together, you're not even really sure what the hell you're looking at, then that in and of itself is just as kind of maybe dampening for the experience then the same. I mean, the other side, like I said, like you, you saw this coming a mile away, and then they're like, "Ha ha! I fooled you!" Like, no, you fucking didn't. I'm not. I'm not single wrinkled here. Like, I not. I saw that one coming. Do you feel like it? It ever hit that line for you in this show? Um, I mean, like I, I I'm kind of a jackass. Like, I take joy in like figuring out the plot, right? But that's that's like these shows I, are for I, I people. Think a lot like of people that. just. Yeah. yeah, people like maybe generally just enjoy watching stuff, but I try to figure out the twist. 
So I knew like pretty much instantly sort of like one of the big cruxes here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought that they were going to play on it more as like a way. There's like a game essentially about like telling lies and stuff. Mm. And I thought he was going to use like his not his own life and kind of like essentially oh. write stuff about himself more than he ended up doing. Oh, so you were hoping that because that actually would have been clever and we'll go into these right. games here in a second, but using a game that is centralized around revealing things about just the group at large, that could be a right. really, and we saw a little bit of that, like you said, but they could have taken that in a very more nuanced or even creative direction to actually drop lore or character development in the, in the uh, kind of the context of a game where there's still a winning element here, but you could still do both at the same time, but they kind of whimpered out on that one a bit, but well, they they like did this weird backdoor thing where he's like, "JK, I lied. I actually did it." And I'm like, "What? How does that like I don't know. Sometimes the games are so convoluted in terms of rules that it's like it would be literally impossible for those watching along at home to like follow through with all the rules." Sure. Like there's a game of essentially hide and seek later. Yeah. And there's like like 15 total rules or something. Or, like, there's, like, sub-clauses to each rule, and you're like, are you serious? Yeah, okay. Like, who the fuck's gonna remember this? Thank you for saying that, too, because the way they delivered some of that, it almost felt as if, like, hey, there are rules over here, sometimes physically, literally, but you're not gonna be able to read them all, and then you just, like, get them when they're convenient, or they come into play. If they were to tell all the rules to the audience, like, straight up up front, and then they started to manipulate those rules to their advantage, that feels more engaging. That's why I th- Ka- we, we talked about it with Kaiji, right? Kaiji was brilliant at this. It gave you every rule up front, and then the manipulation of those rules is where the braininess of the show shined. This tried to think about doing that, but didn't quite hit it. So... I think it's well. There was a little bit of that, but the rules in Kaiji were like they'd give you three rules and they'd be open ended. Yeah. So it's kind of like that's like a more fun, I think, concept because then you just like you play around with your three rules and kind of figure out how you can cheat, essentially. Exactly. In this game, they'll give you like eight, and they'll be like, "Uh, "Remember all of them, audience." (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, but your characters definitely will, or at least one of them will, to make him seem like he's a big brain boy, but he just remembered all the rules. That's really all went right. in a couple of cases. So, you know, we're we're going to start light and then hit the spoilers. Like we said, this show is heavy spoilery. It's still airing now. One episode left at time of recording. It should even come out like tomorrow if you're listening to this Monday night. But what what you have here is a group of friends. They're very chummy. They're the they're the squad, right? Friends forever, baby. Haha. They literally are one power system away from the power of friendship. That's where we're at right now. And all of them are very archetypal. You have kind of your main character who he reminded me a little bit of uh what's his what's his name? Um uh Kiyotaka uh from Classroom of the Elite, or at least that's who they wanted uh you know Yuichi Kakaguri, Katagiri, sorry, uh, wanted that this main character to be Kiyotaka, but it just wasn't that. Like, I don't know. I, I think, I think the main character of Classroom Elite did this archetype better, where he had this kind of dual personality, where he was very much like 
you know, kind to his friends, kind of a little in the in the background a bit, but then somehow became like this ruth- ruthless master manipulator kind of character. You got uh, who else? You have Tenji Misawa. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. Like in spirit, he was very much like that. I think obviously he didn't look like him, so you threw me off for a second there. I'm like, what? Yeah, right. And then but you, uh, you, who else you got? I mean, you got your tall glasses wearing broody kind of dude initially. Yeah. Tenji. Tenji, who you thought would be like the rule guy. Yes. And he looks like a kind of an Ida character a little bit. Um, and you have like. Exactly like that. Yeah. Shiho. What's her last name? Sawari, Sawaragi or something like that. She's, yeah, she's that sounds right. Uh, Semi Sunare, kind of the assertive type, you know. And then you got. Uh, Incredi Hot. Incre- she's your Incredi Hot. I was thinking, I was looking at all the Miss Thickums up in the control room. They just kept getting thicker and they just came out of the woodwork. That was well, wild I, to me. I'd, <laughs> I'm talking about like for their group yeah. dynamic. She's supposed to be like the hot one. Yeah, the assertive hot one. And then you have the Makoto Shibe, who is kind of your dumb, almost like pretty boy, blonde hair, dyed. You know, daddy's got that mad credit card, baby. Like, kind of the he's the, he's a dope. Like, he's an actual idiot, but he's just very what you see is what you get with the guy. And then you have uh, Yutori, who is the shy kind of, you know, cutesy one who she's very kind of gullible and timid almost and uh, very kind of Miss Thickums in her own right and that actually comes into play in a little in a little bit later in the show. And that's kind of your core five initially, which is strange. That's one of the directions I wasn't the biggest fan that they took. Um, but yeah, they made up they made up a whole squad of your basic anime archetype school kids. And they were all basically trying to raise money for their class trip. You know, $700 for a class trip, by the way. Did you catch that? 70,000 yen? You kidding me? We don't think we ever took a That's... trip like that. 70,000 yen is seven grand. I thought, it was a, it? I thought it was an exchange rate of 100 yen was a dollar. Okay, so 700? 700, yeah. And yeah, pony that up. And we, definitely took, we definitely took class trips that cost more than that. Did we have to pay them? Oh, sorry. Maybe parents paid for that. I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah fair enough. Fine, oh fine, my fine. God. What do you mean, oh, my God? All right, everyone. <laughs> what? Well, at least I remembered it. At, at least how we remembered it. But in any case, these kids were left to their own devices <laughs> to raise, Come on. raise the shit themselves, I guess. Oh, my God. That is so funny. <laughs> but, yeah. So, you had all that. <laughs> oh, my God. What? You just me just remembering that, you know, I was, what, 15 and couldn't just pop 700 bucks out my ass that's just not how that goes More like 18 but yeah Sh- well sure yeah but i mean i i guess you forget our senior trip oh yeah senior trip well i did actually i had to raise a thousand dollars to go to el salvador twice oh oh dang and those are all i had to go charitable donations did you, ra- yeah. did you raise it from your parents wallet <laughs> <laughs> right out of the top of the purse baby <laughs> yeah but uh Woo! <laughs> baby uh but yeah raising money for a trip Really dumb move, by the way. They they put all that money together in a locker in their classroom. So, like, basically, two million yen cash just sitting around. And boom, it gets stolen. That's right. It was two million yen. That's right. Two million yen. And then it was stolen. And then these kids get abducted because they were against at least most of their wills, entered into a squid game less death more debt kind of situation vibe um 
game set called the Tamadachi game, which uh, Tamadachi means friend in Japanese. So it's a friends game. Um, so, yeah, then this starts, you know, they basically have to start going through these challenges that have very convoluted, a little more convoluted rules than your basic squid game, but much more convoluted debt acquisition. Again, more along Akaji in that regard. Um, but that's kind of where I think the parallels between those two shows sort of end and you get more into the nitty gritty of it. It's more from a from a practical constructed game sense, more like a classroom of the elite. I, th- I think that's where my mind went, um, especially the hide and seek stuff. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of like I kind of was was on board with it being more of like a Kaiji deal early. And then uh, they really kind of hit me with the shell game that I was not, I guess I honestly was not expecting. No. That he, like, basically he, he takes it at some point. He's like, I'm going to take down the whole system. And you're like, where did this come from? Yeah, why did, <laughs> like, why, well, wait a minute. Why do you have a vindictive against it? One character does have actual motive for maybe taking this entire organization that runs these games down. But our main character, uh, Yuichi, does not, have that like i don't i don't know i don't know where his motive lied there but yeah it's it starts out interesting and you get the vibe really early that the show's main crux or theme is you know friend versus cash right are you willing what are you willing to do for money versus selling your friends out or protecting your friends and they really kind of ham fist this early on like first flashback of the main character is like his dad telling him money's the most important thing and his mom saying that friends the most important thing in this world and a bit again ham fisted they laid that dichotomy out really plain as day so you knew that's kind of where the show is going to go from here in terms of how these things are going to be constructed but as the games go on so, yes i i don't think that they mentioned it but actually his his parents are like he's he's actually like an orphan or something yeah so they're just like they're like parental figures um and the guy is like a world-renowned con man and the i think the the mom figure was also like a previous con person or something yeah so he comes from a pretty schemy lot of folk Um, right and so it's like it's like uh who should we put in this this like death game Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the guy who's a scheming dick bag. Let's do that. <laughs> that sounds right. So yeah, they uh, yes, he he was an orphan kind of person, and he uh, was raised definitely with some interesting ideals. But the whole the whole game thing, I mean, it's clearly meant to sow discourse or discord. Sorry, amongst these friend groups and trying to. By not really, I'm not really sure if they mentioned or if you caught something I didn't, but I didn't get a really good explanation as to why this organization exists to, like, make these groups of friends, like, break. I mean, they the people that were overseeing, almost like administrators, were clearly motivated by testing relationships and humanity's true colors blah 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 we've heard this before but i never caught why in squid game the- i mean if i had to guess it was big pharma but, i mean <laughs> it's all come on it's always big pharma um, yeah but yeah no, uh i mean there was these almost uh like squid game or kaiji-esque situation where 
like in one of the games where you had to lie and and tell truths and like figure out how to like basically sling mud at all your teammates. Um, there was like these people in the sky that would like respond like, "Ooh, that's brutal," or "Ooh, he doesn't deserve that," and, you know, shit like that. Yeah, that would like dis- decide whether it was like a good enough, um, <laughs> like mud sling. Yeah, who who <laughs> do we think is the shittiest now after the the mud has been slung? Right, basically, who so had was, the biggest? I was kind drop? of thinking it was a little bit, yeah, a little bit like Kaiji in that there's these people that are trying to pay to like watch this, but that's not really expressly talked about. So I agree with you. That is a a big like I guess hole in the overall plot is like who are these people and why the fuck are they doing it kind of situation. Yeah, but it's. I mean, from our perspective, it's literally like um this these groups this ugh, this group of five like they're essentially accused of stealing the money and they all kind of think e- each other might be involved and then uh, like a note comes to their doors like from from one of the other ones saying like meet me at this random place and they all show up and they they think that each other sent them the letter and then they get like you know drugged and sent to this big room and it's uh, like hey big pharma. W- one of you asked one of you asked to play this game um and has a 20 million yen debt and they're like what the fuck? so they find out like w- like one of them has this 20 million uh yen debt and uh like ma- basically took them all into playing this game now, okay. I, I found that like an interesting kind of yeah. aspect though, where like one of the people has to literally go to them and ask to play. Yeah, I could, so that's that was very more interesting in another way for me was like that someone, the way they explained it at first, it was interesting that, hey, one of your friends basically enlisted you in this game so they can, you know, basically have their friend group or essentially didn't have to be friends. It's just a team of individuals, you know, bail them out. But a very consistent element of other teams that are, in fact, playing this game or have or currently are engaged with the other teams is that it always seems like one person is the one doing the application and they get all this money and they here's here are the people involved. Here's the cash. And then. The other four in this particular squad had no business or debt being there, but one person not only stole from everyone to enlist them in that game, but up front, right up front, the reasoning was one of you has a debt and now you're all going to shoulder that burden. And I... Because what are friends for? Yeah, what are friends for, right? And I think that that at least had a bit of legs as an interesting concept to, to... basically dissect what it means to be a friend like if you really were my friend you would help me through this but like that's the funniest part if they were they would probably Ricky, i'm not gonna pay twenty thousand dollars for you i'm sorry man damn it what was this all for all right shut it down i mean shut it down <laughs> shut it down but yeah I, all right well I, yeah. <laughs> I guess this has been the last episode of the Weebology podcast yeah i'm not getting my out so like pff, shit like <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, I, sorry, man. I, yeah, deuces. Uh, I <laughs> I think I think the idea what they they had a bunch of interesting little ideas here and they like that. But the idea, like the first game, was quite interesting. Where you know every all five of the individuals put their hand or their finger on a big ten yen coin and they slide the coin to the right or to the left for yes and no, and all they have to do 
is all agree on the answer to one of the questions of five. If there is dissent on all five of them, they lose the game. But it's only considered a correct answer if everyone agrees to go one way or another. However, as we learned, we didn't spoil our town yet. Like you said, we really can't talk about the show without games being spoiled, which is really hard to do right. about some of this. In that first game, you know, each person is only allowed to speak when they are serving up the question that the group needs to answer. But you find out once our main character sees his that it says to make up a question. But if the coin lands on yes, you win the game. If it lands on no, your personal debt, because that 20 million was split amongst the five, that 20 million debt will be halved for just your cut. So your four will go down to two. So I found that really interesting to have the, like that way of sowing, you know, kind of distrust is rather interesting because that means that you're going to ask a really easy question. So everyone is in agreement, but then someone dissents and puts no. And you don't really know who's who until maybe you use a little bit of your wrinkles. So I, I don't know. I, I found that to be a pretty interesting game because I, I found it to be easy to understand. It was cleverly done. There is some, you know, everything was laid out for you. Just say what's on the card and you each get your own and you cannot talk at all to discuss or find out information from each other. You just have to trust. Um, and I found that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, another aspect that was good was like each of their badges had, had how much debt they had accrued essentially right on it, but only they could look at it. And, um, I think it's like if you show it to somebody else, both of your debts go up. Just the person that revealed theirs to someone else. Yeah, yeah, your debt goes up. Your debt goes so up. It's like, so like you it's like extra extra layer of I guess secrecy and um, really suspicion because there, there's a few points at least throughout the rest of the show where they are like. Um, everyone ex- assumes a certain number of debt that the team has. And then like, there's certain points where the, the like mascot guy will actually tell you how much debt your team has. And so you like instantly know whether somebody's fucking lying. Right. Yeah. Cause at one point they're like, yeah, your total debt's like 10.8 mil. And it's like, wait, if everyone said what they had, we're like 6 million off. So someone's clearly yeah. fucking around. And so, yeah, it, it's, they had all these little elements that, added and it, it, it's it's so funny because like if anyone with half a brain and this was part of the one thing i was just like thinking that this was way too kind of ha- like i keep using ham-fisted i need another synonym for that it was convoluted for sure oh contrived yeah, it was too turkey yeah turkey need it's too <laughs> too much foul limb um basically <laughs> the the idea of looking at every element of every part of these games they just look at the intention of the organization. They want to sow discord. They want to make you not trust each other. That's the whole, by whatever reason, their point, right? So if you thought that through and you're like, okay, let's let's just not fuck around and I'll, I'll just be, I'll just squat up. I don't know if the incentive they kept providing was good enough for any one individual to, they were, they just put them in the red and just like, you're going to fight your way out for it. But remember, I guess I guess the part of that that might make more sense is the fact that it's one person's debt that's everyone is accumulate a piece of that. So like 
I guess I like to your point, you wouldn't pay 20 grand for me. I think I could probably safely say I don't think I'd pay 20 grand for you. But you sit right there and think, yeah, this isn't my fucking problem. And yet here I am. That's already that's yeah. that's already a reason I would be like, well, somebody got me in this mess. Like, why would I trust you? We're here because yeah, of you. But I think there's there, there was like some some aspect where you could easily all pay it off if you played the games correctly. Yeah, right. And I, I think that was another thing too in the second game that like if everyone if everyone played like shot for shot said because you in that second game you can not write a lie or mudsling or anything like that and just keep your cards blank and if everyone went blank you'll walk away with dead even debt win and come out better together even if just a little so i'm like man like that you don't need to big brain that one just everyone do just everyone do you know well there's that but like there's also not it doesn't it's not as serious as kaiji where the it doesn't feel like 20 million matters to these guys at all, right? It's almost like... Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was thinking the whole time, why doesn't Yuichi just, like, tell a lie and instantly go off and, like, be the martyr? Because then you're still friends with your friends, right? Because you did the the valiant thing. And then you just, like, if you literally don't care about anything, just go die. Like, who cares? <laughs> who, like, who cares? I, I was seriously... I was very, very confused about like that as as like not a tactic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's kind of like what I was talking about with Kaiji. Like at a certain level of debt, it's just like okay, either kill me or like good luck getting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> good luck getting it. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I, I mean, that's like a I, honestly a borderline valid tactic. Yeah. It's like and, okay, f- get twenty million out of me somehow, pussy. And yeah, and here's the thing, and that this is kind of. To the detriment a bit of the show, it was so eager to make this, you know, motif of, you know, in the face of, you know, monetary loss or gain, will you trust or not trust your friends that they kind of overplayed their hand a bit where Squid Game and Kaiji, they all already were down on their luck. They already had that debt and they both did that theme of you know, you're here by your own fruition out there in the real world is where you're getting truly shafted. At least in here, you have a chance. Right. So I liked that a lot more as a as a structure around a show like this. These kids didn't at least most of them didn't already have that debt. I mean, it's it really was one person fucked them over. So I'm just confused as to where they were so eager to play the distrust thing that they lost a bit of that punch about the commentary. Cause I don't think this is even meant to be a commentary about, you know, capitalistic issues or the plagues of capitalism, right? How some people can get absolutely fucked in the real world, but more about, you know, Ooh, your friends aren't who they think they are. Ooh. And I'm like that, that not that it got old per se, but that trick became, you know, pretty one note after a while, even with all these like, Ooh, big reveal character about over here. Ooh, these are my real motives over there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. They, they, not that they fumbled the landing because we really don't know it yet. Is that they really didn't I have feel, a good I lead up? Like they the, didn't have a good lead up. I don't know. Well, it's just like the mo is borderline like messy. Like, yeah, yeah. Like there's no reason to play the game. Just be like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, what basically and, that's how it should have been is that the guy goes in. The person with the debt spreads it amongst his friends, and if there's already going to be distrust, be like, okay, I don't want to play. I just dropped my, I just dropped mine by eighty <laughs> percent, and I can go home. That's the real dick movie should have done. 
Because they just decide not to play, then like, all right, they got some of my debt now. Cool. It's like got 80% off of my debt right now. I'm going to go home. Well, I think like a, a mistake they made is really the only like physical pain and like uh, repercussions that seem to come out is if you like tell somebody about the game. Yeah, right. They, After they, you like leave. Didn't that one like, guy will die in that case. But then but then in, it seems like they're. I don't know. Like they don't show them collecting debt, right? I think that would really help. Yeah, that that would be cool. I mean, and and that's the thing is, right? Is there's it's not that there aren't stakes, but that's the thing. The stakes here were they could have been monetary. Yes, they could have been monetary. They could have been this or that. But the real stakes they wanted the audience to resonate with was the loss of friendship. That was the only real like that your friendships will dissolve, right? Like like group K, like they made it they made it sound like that tight-knit group of five guys would, you know, like dissolve and that was the real threat of the game, not the debt at all. So, but I don't know, for me that didn't land very well, and I think the problem with that is we really didn't get time to know these characters at all. So like right. these friendships were not long you know, long established for me. So what do I care if these characters stop being friends? Like, who cares? I agree infinitely. That was a huge, like, mistake. Like, like we don't really care about the group at all. We literally saw them in class for, like, I think max, like, eight minutes. Yeah. And I think what would help, like, honestly, it probably this is one of those things where if I read the manga, which is 20 volumes, and I think it might still be going, that might land better for me because maybe they would get the time to establish all of these individuals as characters as as friends and the relationships have been blooming and flo- like and and you know flourishing to be then tested would actually have a lot of real weight if i knew all th- and that but that's part of it too is that they wanted so badly for these characters to have these huge secrets or reveals that they were again eager to play their cards to the chest until they overplayed and then now everyone's suddenly having, oh, I didn't think this guy I knew for four episodes is who he really was. All right, boohoo. That's whatever. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. It's it. I think it was. It didn't mean to be rushed, and I don't say that in that the pacing was bad. I actually thought the pacing was quite aight. Um, but from a character perspective, they did not have the runway to pull off a story like this in twelve episodes, right? I don't know. Maybe the manga's got more deets for me, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was enjoyable, so like the pacing couldn't have been that bad. Like even even with like these these lapses of I I would say judgment as far as how they like portrayed the beginning of the show, like it was still fun to watch. I never really like. Oh yeah, I would say like after episode three, I was like pretty bought in to at least figuring out how this sucker ends. Yeah, for sure. Um. And, like, there is some, like, really fun moments where, like, Yuichi just does some, like, absolute Chad stuff, right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's important we talk about him with a little bit of depth because of the five, he really is. Tenji's got a little bit more flesh on that character, on those character bones, and, that, and he's worth talking about a bit. But they really, as a show, put all of their eggs in the uh, Yuichi basket. And, like, I, I guess that's fine for a character like this. Um, but again, Classroom did it better in that basically if if Yuichi was more in the shadows, kind of being big brained, and then it he slowly came out that he was kind of big braining people, maybe more in, maybe more enjoyable. They would have given him the proper runway. But he was 
sadistic as fuck. And I almost felt like it was bleeding into high school edgy at times. I, I don't know. Um, because okay, you say that, but like he also wasn't at all. Like, thank was, you. Okay, he was yeah. Somehow sadistic and not. So uh, that was actually the, the one of the main questions as I've r- wrapped the show he was up. Like Schrodinger's cat. It was weird. Yeah, Schrodinger's dickhead cat. Like, is he mean? Isn't, is, isn't. is he? Is he not? Or he was like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I wanted to ask you: Is Yuichi a bad guy? Is he a bad dude? I think no, but I think he's definitely like a tortured soul. Okay, all and, right. I mean, he cl- he clearly tried to be a martyr, right? And which I love those types of characters. So I was like so in when he was going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. then I did not see uh, like Tenji walking up and making out with him to go with them. Yeah, that was pretty interesting and bold play. I did not see that coming, but I did. I did after the fact. I was like, yo, that was actually kind of chill. Yeah, you know, that was a good way to play it. Like. Right, because though I will say it was a very quick shift between Tenji being the ultimate bad guy and then somehow becoming like a good guy, and in like honestly, I think it was a transition between two episodes. It was like, whoa, that was fast. So yeah, I wanted to br- I wanted to bring that up because like where at least the show uh, stayed true to what kind of character. Sorry, I- like I-, I gotta answer your question first. Yes, yes, so yes. So I don't think Yuichi's a bad guy. I just think. It seemed like he maybe had, uh, like, I don't know if it's sociopath where you can't, like, feel. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and that- that's, that's kind of what it felt like to me because it was like, and honestly, in some cases, it's just like he was willing to be the bad guy so that they could, like, go live their own lives, right? It's like, yeah. He, he exhibited that multiple times where he just, like, would go, he'd go so fucking hard. Yeah, people to like essentially get them out of the way so that they wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. But like, basically, be that martyr that has to like carry the the sin. Yeah, he, he, he clearly feels like a a dirtied, sinful person, right? Based on what he's done in the past. Yeah. So I the best way I can describe because because I don't want to say he's a sociopath, but I think he is weaponized weaponized sociopathy. Like he weaponed, he 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 learned, he knows of, of himself enough to know that he can flip on that sociopathic switch because we see other tendencies, his ability to decode people and read them and analyze the way they would behave and certain. That's a very sociopathic trait to be able to dissect people's emotions in such an analytical way and be quite good at it because you, someone that exhibits those traits, need to fake them so well that people don't know. So him being able to weaponize sociopathy but not be one himself made for kind of an I wanted to say interesting at first but a very confusing character because like you said he's willing to put himself in that martyr role but no one who truly is off their rocker in that way would care to do that right like he wouldn't really cuz right when he was about to go off well, by himself it was because he's like, I don't want. Look, I'm I'm getting you guys out of this. Like, this is the way I have to protect my friends. He wouldn't think that. Well, I could also view it as like, I don't know if you've really said that. I think he might have said like, get you out of my way, because borderline, that's true. They are sort of like fucking him over. So that scene, right? He can't, he can't really control them, right? Right you know? before. Right so before what I was were, thinking, yeah. I was thinking, it would be better off for him to like go after them. 
without everyone around, right, to, like, yeah. ruin his reputation after the fact. I, I was thinking it would be cooler if he was just like, you know, I'm going to do this for you guys, take on the debt, and then just go on, like, a fucking killing spree on, on the management. That would be, that would have been pretty sick. That would have been pretty sick. Because I know that's That would have been, like, <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> Like he's like a borderline a Grim Reaper somehow and just goes like fucking ham. Like they let him in. And that would actually been sick. They let him into the game and they're like, oh shit, oh fuck, we did something. No, we should not have done this. And then he just burns the Look whole at, fucker to the ground. Right, because they, they borderline do do that a few times. They're like, oh my God, what do we do? We let this guy play. Yeah. You know, and, and but like we don't really get to see anything that's so crazy that I would be willing to be like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's here. What he, kind of monster is he? And here and here's where I wanted to get to that second point of this show that I really found that was odd is the the administration, those administrators that were watching over the entire game that were acting kind of as like proctors, they did two things and that I found was just like very odd in for a show like this. One, kind of what we just said, right? Oh my God, he's a fucking monster. They're all quaking in their wee baby boots about this little boy, this high school <laughs> kid, and he's not doing anything. He's, yes, he's, he's clever. He's got Chad energy. Uh, he can full send a plan, and that's cool. But like, he never did anything so over the top brilliant strategist or so over the top blood hungry monster that would elicit such a reaction out of these people. So I was like, I agree infinitely. Like, I why agree with you a hundred percent? And and the second thing that these these people also did was a little bit more meta, and it happened not just from the administrators but from some other players as well that they would actively out loud say, oh, wait, you don't understand the plan? It's so fucking obvious if you are paying attention. Psh, psh. Yeah, look at this frame, frame perfect right here of this handoff he does in this game. And then he's bas they're basically insulting us as the audience because there were times in the second game that whole, that whole fucking plan that Yuichi set up, right, of like passing the notes and like process of elimination one by one. I didn't, I caught there. He was clearly up to something, right? That he was making certain moves. But then they say, like, look, he's holding a pen here, but he said he wrote nothing down. And look, in this frame, you can see that there's no name tag on this person. But in this frame, that this two people don't have him anymore. And, you know, they made it seem like to the surrogate of the audience members, I think the pink haired girl and dark haired big titty lady were like the two types of audience members they think are going to be watching the show. The ones that are so high minded that this is basically baby shit. Like, oh, these plans are nothing, right? Then there's the pink haired girl who is oblivious the entire time that had to get talked down to, like an audience member who's just watching this for popcorn fun, not trying to analyze every fucking frame. So I, I found that they were strangely condescending to the audience in a meta way. Did you did you feel that way, or are you in this in team? Oh, I saw all this. So, yeah, they're right. Everyone else who didn't catch it were you know. Well, I, I actually think they made it more convoluted than necessary because, like, I thought it was pretty obvious um, that S S Sawagara or whatever the fuck her name is, yes. was like yeah. clearly playing along too well with Tenji like, manipulating the shit out of her. Like, he was so heavy-handed in the second game. It's like, dude, nobody on Earth doesn't think you're it now. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you. So, and, and I think that's... Like, so heavy-handed. And, th and that's why I think it made his switch from 
in his own brain the alpha chat of this group because he's like got yes. everyone on strings to this like little lap dog of Yuichi. The moment he sees he got played, he goes from having any any competency and because he this dude has been cooking up a plan to get back at this uh, this Shiho chick for two years and change. I'm not saying that he is the biggest brain of them all, but I'm not saying he's a dumbwit. Like he's he has some competency in areas like this. If he can at least, I will say, right? Yeah, I I agree with you, but I did like the switch they did with like his reasoning for doing it because they made him look like he was like this kind of like stalker guy who wanted to date her, but that's that could not be farther from the truth. That was that was quite clever because, and the thing is that everything he said was basically double entendred, if that's a, a phrase. Every, double entendre, double up on you. Dev, double entendred because if you go back in with the new context, that's just good dialogue writing where basically everything you said could very well be I'm. I want this chick all to myself. I'm a manipulating piece of shit. I'm. I'm just like. I want to own her essentially. Yeah. I'm gonna ruin all your friendships. So you can just be mine and mine alone. But that, if you go back and his actual intention is that she seemed to be at the center of his father of his father's death in 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 some capacity, and he was spending a insane amount of time and personal resources to try to make sure and construct a way to get her cornered. So she can show her true colors, and that all actually felt pretty believable. He was plan- he planned, he had motive. It, nothing was like over the top. He was like you know planting listening devices and spying on her, all stuff that you know I could believe him doing. And then when the motive switched, it was still believable. So I'm like, okay, that's I I didn't mind his character, but yeah, the switch. Uh, well, this- actually, it was it was less believable that he was just a stalker doing all that. I mean, shit. We we. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was way less less like reasonable. And then and then when you find out like why he was so interested in it, you're like, okay, actually now I'm sort of like on board. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I mean, it's it's cool that they can they did establish that you know this show will go into some very you know dodgy subjects. People can be pretty twisted. Um. In in this world, right? And they kind of did that setup with. The kind of, frankly, a little too in the weeds description of human philosophy and nature, and humans will do X when they're cornered, or you know, doubt when they're this, and that was the organization's philosophy. So they definitely were showing that, like, yeah, people will go to extreme lengths for like weird shit. But you know, neither I guess it's neither here nor there. I think Tenji was actually a pretty good character. Dude got absolutely shafted having to starve himself for essentially a week. So that was that was fun. Yeah. But- so. He would have died. He so would have died. I, I do have a problem with the show there. It's like they already didn't drink any water for like three full fucking days. Yeah, right, right. So I'm like... And then he also had another three days of no water. I'm like, the dude's dead. Like, this this show ends here. Yeah, but- right. So the basically crux of that hide-and-seek game, each team, whoever they make it out of the second game with, because you can dwindle your numbers pretty significantly, like the team went from five to two... And, you know, they uh, one person on the team has to go hide. The other one has to basically seek the other person's hider. And that the one interesting thing about that, they had a very almost Hunter Games-esque thing where there is a cache of life-saving food and water in the middle of this forest. And, you know, that in the cornucopia in the cornucopia. Yes. So in the that's the one thing I did catch on immediately when they said that I'm like, this could take forever. That person has to go hide. If they can't leave the spot once they hide, so unless their teammates bring them food, 
they're kind of fucked. So trail the person who is bringing the food back, found them, bingo, bongo, you win. Um, but again, that that end plot, that kind of how that whole hide and seek thing played out, a little convoluted too. I don't know if you had any major glaring problems with that, but I kind of had a problem. Not really, because I, I found that to be the, really the only way to get around their like insanely bad odds. Yeah, right. And and like the second the guy switched to his team, I'm like, this guy's gonna get his shit fucking rocked. That yeah, and they they telegraphed that when they said basically, you know, violence against the other team is not allowed. But I never said anything about violence on your own team. And you know, right? So so he like pretends like he's abusing his teammate, and then they they like basically get all these guys to to feel bad for this girl and want to switch to like protect her, quote unquote. And then I'm like, of course, he's going to think that he can take Yuichi, but of course Yuichi's going to be like some demon lord with martial arts or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping for something like that, yeah. Yeah. But the way, the way that played out, I mean, the, the element of the, uh, the Maria chick entering the fray, that felt strange. I know she was kind of like a plant, but... I don't remember to what end she is a plant. Was she just, was she part of the management and then just because she's a bit sadistic herself and just wanted to have fun? She just joined the game because of that. I think that's well, kind of so how that I was, said it. That was, that was why she said yes, but the yeah. reason is because they didn't have enough players to even play the hide and seek game. Oh, right. That's why Yuichi said, well, he actually telegraphed a bit too. He's like, is she a cute girl? Which means he was already kind of cooking up a plan. Like, I could definitely use a chick to do some. I have a team of five high school guys in front of me. Is she a cute chick? Yeah, yeah you I could, could do that. use a chick, all right. Yo, Yiggity. Hey, I mean, it's three long days, my guy. Three. I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, come on. Come on, man. So, I mean, that, you know, all these games, it's funny. All these games you're talking about, there, there are goods and bads of them, but just like, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around what, what is keeping this show from being stellar? This show is good. But it's not... I think the leaps in logic are pretty hard to get behind. Like, at least with, like, Kaiji, they fully explain everything. You know the characters, right? Like, it's not like you... You don't have to, like, suspend disbelief to feel like what Kaiji was doing was would be reasonable. Yeah, I like the way, I like the way you put and, that. And I think, I think you get a lot of internal monologue with Kaiji, and we get absolutely none from Yuichi. That's part of it, too, is where, like... With Kaiji, you are in the brains of everyone, so you're kind of hearing them logic things out. I do get a little right. bit squirrely in a show like this where they suddenly have a plan, and like then the three episodes go by, the plan comes to fruition, and then people in the background piece it together themselves and then tell you right. what they were I thinking. I hate that. Like, like it's I don't want such wanna, a bad trope. I don't want to know what they're thinking after it's done. Right, that trope diminishes the main character or anyone's ability to solve a plan like if they were to give me that revelation like he like he or her then whatever character is coming up with the scheme has all this information in front of them or they're reviewing all the information and then they go wait that's it okay they you are now working in real time with as much information as they had they came up with something now when they're enacting it you you as the audience member can try to construct the puzzle with them. But in this show, it, in a yeah, lot of these shows, yeah, in a lot of these shows, it's like, 
you didn't have all the pieces in front of you and then someone tells you how they put the puzzle together and you're like, well, that was no fucking fun. Like, I, I guess it was cool they won the day, but I, I wanted to do it with them. This is a, it's a, I don't know if I would call it interactive, but I think solving a puzzle from a show like this and then maybe getting it right or wrong and then maybe you got one thing misstepped and you're like, oh, that's okay. That makes sense if you would do that instead. That that makes it engaging. So the show fell well, into that. Well, trope. I just think it's a li- it's a little unfair to the audience because like we know everything that's going on, right? Yeah. But they like they intentionally obfuscate like potential like personal interaction between the other team. Like let's just take the hide and seek. So like without knowing what's going on, like being in Yuichi's shoes, like basically they literally time skip three days and then they're like. All right, to catch you up, Yuichi knows exactly who the bad guy is. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, why couldn't I have learned with him? I think I caught that most in the, right? in the second game when Tenji was in the booth for the three minutes and he comes out to Yuichi slapping the soul out of Shio. And that was the first moment I'm like, all right, this seems a little extreme for Yuichi to be doing that out of the blue. I know that her right. the two <laughs> chicks are getting into a fight sure but that that was way out of character so i know something's going on but and then he whispered something to tori and again that's part of the plan but i we as the audience members we felt like again th- this goes back to maybe my my main crux of kind of the the braininess of the show the fact that the show obfuscates things from the audience members almost seems like they aren't willing to believe we are capable of solving it with all the information right i I, it's almost like because it's it's like they said if you were watching you would have noticed everything but you didn't show me everything so i couldn't right exactly i I couldn't so it's like it's like it's like they wouldn't give you the camera angle that would allow you to see something happening yeah and And then they're and then they're like how'd you not see that you dumb fuck (laughs) yeah so and and i think if they were to show if they were to show us that like maybe like Yuichi did some handoff stuff or there was like, you know, like a badge was like maybe shown missing, but they don't tell you why. Or they gave you exactly what he said to you, Tori, about how you've done nothing worse at all than I've done in my past. Then maybe you like, OK, there's there is going to be something that Yuichi is lying about or mudsling will happen. Like, you know, if those things were to have shown up, shown to us and then the entire plan was explained. I'd have been like, yes, okay, they made a point to make sure I saw all that, and now I can put the pieces together in a enjoyable, engaging way. So I don't know why shows like this don't do what well, they, they do. They do this trope, right? I don't understand it. It takes away from the fun. Another yeah thing I was a little confused about is he like goes all the way as far as he could to in the second game to, to basically like figure out 10 G's, the guy who did it, he's the bad guy. He got him involved in the game. Yeah. And then he still like sacrifices himself for him essentially. And it's like, what was the plan here, bub? Like, yeah, you could have actually, I don't know that that really didn't make sense to me. Like what, what is your plan? <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that was very strange. Oh, okay. So I, I cause I thought, yeah, because isn't it funny? The, sch- the final scheme was to have everyone write, I'm the one who applied us in the Tomodachi game, and everyone write their hand, like write it off, right? And then what, write their names. So basically, one of them would be telling the truth, the rest would lie and go with Shio, 
they would have a four-member team. They'd have more rations at the beginning so they wouldn't be starving their asses off for three days. And Tenji would be getting what's coming to him. But again, they overplayed. They wanted us to know... If Tenji would have revealed everything, I think it would have been much more interestingly narratively to basically... I know that the idea was that he, Tenji wanted to go with Yuichi so he can say in private his actual intentions, not to basically tip Shio off that he's he knows she's involved in something and that he was coming for her. But but don't you think that'd be way more interesting yeah. amidst the third game? Yes. Of- like say say he pulls him aside and he's like, "Yo, so here's the deal." <laughs> Yes, character arc right there is that, remember, he said, I'm going to like fake it. I'm going to cry. Woe is me. But if he said like, look, I'm going to lay it out in front. He said it in front of everyone because he wanted Shio to basically be in a corner and he could have had his character arc like, I know what it was wrong. And there's still that element of distrust, right? When they all go down and he's left by himself, they could all sit there and stew on that. And then that right there would be really, really engaging because he can still have his character arc. We can still, and then we can find out maybe later from Shio that he was actually telling the truth. That he, then we can have his big reveal that he was a good guy way later. They scheme to try to take her down. Like there is so many other ways from that nexus point onward that this could have been way more engaging, kept more characters in, and you would have more players in the third game, and you would, could have had a better strategy situation. You could even brought Maria as the fifth to make it even. Like literally, that that would have been a better second second act or third act i guess so i don't know it's just this show wanted to do something and they tried to fucking full send it at probably its own detriment at times and that bums me out because I, I love shows like this they're fun to watch like you said even a show like this that maybe stumbled along the way was still a good time but i don't know yeah i, I genuinely enjoyed it more than i think i probably should have like based on what we've talked about today and like how i guess how i felt about their, like, reveals were pretty dog shit. Like, there was this one part where, like, I guess during the second game, someone accuses someone of killing somebody, and I'm like, no way. They keep talking about how much, like, Yuichi's, like, a dark soul. I'm like, he's obviously killed somebody. I'm like... Yeah. I was like, this reveal is going to be the biggest, like, nothing burger ever because (laughs) he did... He for sure actually killed somebody. With trash sauce, yeah. Right. So I thought he was going to say, he was going to like somehow get everybody to like, be like, no way he killed someone. Like, like really turn them against each other and be like, no, I did. No, no, no. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like really like blow their shit. I know. And, that, and that's, and that's the funniest part too, is like the, the thing with Shibe basically is, you know, his dad being crooked, the idea that he could have killed someone you know, there is logic in believing that because the fact that, oh, your dad has covered up a big scandal, but we couldn't find out what that was. Maybe it was the fact that you killed somebody like in an accident or something, and then your dad covered it up. But like, well, they said murdered. They somebody. did say murder. You're right. Murdered somebody Which is different than killing someone. <laughs> you heard it here. Fo- first, folks, that murder yeah. is different than killing. But you're right. I and mean, that's right. So he just played his hand a little too hard. And I, I, I don't. I, again, I. Well, I think they also made Shibe too much of a like dolt. Yeah. Yeah. Like he like he is so fucking stupid and gullible <laughs> that it's like there's no way this guy killed someone. There's no way he could do it. And I mean, but you th- know what I mean? Th- that's the thing, right? It, and they even you know what? I even would have been even a little bit down where 
they like if they made a reveal that like yeah i did do that but like you know if i'm just this dopey idiot then like no one's ever gonna even believe that i did except i guess all of the gods and the viewers because they found out his dad's a piece of shit and then you know it when it's left up to the uh i think that was the scheme there is that if you if someone lied about it and you can't prove it then it's up to if it's believable or not to the audience members i guess that are watching or viewing and they're all like 99%. Yeah, this guy definitely killed someone. I swear to god, this show thinks any audience member watching anything is like like drooling their ass off dumb. Like like that <laughs> like seriously, the they they had viewership meta in this show and they were dumb as a bag of rocks. Like they look at this guy and they're like, yeah, 99% of people believe that this dude murdered somebody. They truly I truly think this show thinks we're dumb as a bag of bricks. I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't quite tell if it was like a, a Japanese culture thing where they'd be like, you lie about something little, then you're obviously lying about everything. That's OK. And I think they brought it up. Right. And they think that that quote was in this country, the speaker is more important than the words. So the fact that his de- he, he's the son of a criminal, that it's just like his right, social right. his social output is trash now, like from a perception standpoint, everyone thinks he sucks. So I can kind of buy the logic there. But like. We have to sit here and talk about each logic element for like a couple minutes just to be like, okay, I guess I can see it, right? A, a, a good, a stellar show like this, we should walk away being like, how cool was that? Like that drop was made sense, and here's why. Here we have to do kind of convincing ourselves. When- which, right, which I think is like a main difference between this and Classroom of the Elite. Yes, everything that he did in that show, you're just like, bro, what a genius or like wow that was sick that was so fun you know you're not just like yeah i guess that works yeah (laughs) and and he wasn't and he never bounced back and forth between sadism and you know being this kind of humble pure dude we only at the very end of that first season really saw that side of him come out because he did everything with a stone cold demeanor like he the sadism i think maybe detracted from yuichi's ability to solve this stuff if he did it with a little bit more poise I get it, but there is, I'm, you know, flip side of that coin, him playing up the sadism actually helped a lot of that stuff work in the third game with hide and seek him. He really full sent the idea that like he was a misogynistic shithead and cause he, you know, tried to push her off of a cliff as a distraction and then just, well, you know, like I felt like that was all fine because he knew she was management. And like, if you thought that he didn't know that you would have to be the biggest idiot on earth yeah so i mean there's there's this like situation later where she like switches teams just to like fuck with him and he's like duh i knew you were gonna do that (laughs) you know it's like of course he doesn't trust you you idiot they keep talking about how much this guy's a demon like smart genius and you're like yeah she like thought she was gonna get him i'm like what a dumb dumb well hold on a second i wanted to before we wrapped it up that's interesting because i thought he actually got played there because just hear me out for a second i was it ever revealed and maybe i missed this that maria specifically told him or he outwardly said at any point that he knew she was management yes. Yuichi, Yuichi said he, him. oh yeah okay okay because i thought that that red ha- that i thought the red-headed yeah. dude said are you management he he did say that he okay they both okay yeah okay the red-headed kid did confront her Right. That's how he got her to switch teams. Right. And then later she's like, so did you know his management? And he's like, duh. <laughs> okay. 
I I didn't know though because I it almost seemed like he got actually duped and then he just like like fuck it I'm I'm going like nuclear mode and I thought that no because they fucking framed the shot so bad I, okay, I honestly yeah. think they made that look so much closer than it was okay okay good because because uh, I because because remember the guy quit a long long time before he showed up to punch Yuichi. that's right then and, and again. This is the uh, this the show, you know, if they didn't kind of keep you in the dark with the framing and the way they would like retell stuff, it would be way more engaging. It would make this show probably great, not just good, because the way they shot it initially, it made it seem like he's going nuclear. He called the other guys hider and said, you know, for every minute that you don't hit that give up button, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. Like, I'm just going to pummel his ass. And I think I thought that 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 was him just like back against the wall. Okay, I'm doing something a little more brutish, but this is going to work. And to kind of elevate. Also, yeah, I don't know. I I got I got to say, I I almost lost my fucking cool when there's like a point where K is searching for Tenji, calls him up and then he like insults uh, Yuichi and Tenji instantly like starts screaming at the top of his lungs. And he's like, oh, found you. Dumb. I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" So is it dumb in the pa- like the pacing the way they did that, or the character individual? Because I thought it was again the way they downplayed the character. Yeah, that's yes. so idiotic. Yes, thank you. That is so stupid. Why would you? How was Tenji? How was Tenji an Uber Chad genius last episode? And this episode, he's like a complete cuck. That and, and that has no right there, no agency whatsoever. Right there, like the guy who is meticulous now with good motive meticulously gaining all the information he can to <laughs> to situate everyone in this game that he has knowledge of and then he screams at the top of his lungs in a game of hide and seek that is some four-year-old shit what right. are you doing so I, I don't know it's it's again from if you look at it not under a microscope like we I think it would have been better if if K was like Marco and then he yelled back Polo. Polo. It would have made the same that's basically what he did it in so many funnier. words. It would have been funnier. <laughs> it would have been funnier. Marco Polo. Damn. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. I forgot what game we were playing. Shit. Yeah, oops. Oopsies. So I mean, yeah, it's it's that if you look I think that's the show's kind of problem is that like it wanted to be big brained at time. I think it got there a bit, but then like if you look at it at any other lens that other than the big picture and you start to kind of, you know, break down these individual moments of reveals and trickery and stuff like that, it kind of falls apart a bit, which makes this maybe one of the few popcorn brainy anime, like popcorn psych psychological gamey anime, which is very interesting that they you know, if they were to just put a little bit more care in the way they framed or showed information, you would have a really good, not not necessarily kaiju level, but something like a little bit more like, oh, okay, you got, all right, that's that's actually some real brainy shit you got there, my sir. But instead, they went for the friendships are the things that are fragile and precious in this world. Grab your popcorn. Let's pretend like we're smart. But at the same time, the show's going to say that you're a dumb as a bag of bricks. So like. I, you know, there's no winning as an audience member here unless you're just like, Durr, yeah, this is a, this, this show is fun. That guy's smart. <laughs> He's smart. He's like super smart. So yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> Final thoughts. I liked it. It was fun. Um, it, it's, it, unfortunately, this show uh, against the crucible of our professorial eye 
it it doesn't it, it kind of breaks down a bit but in no way do i think you're gonna have a necessarily a bad time if you like any show like this like these kinds of psych uh you know big-witted kind of thing you will find stuff to enjoy here uh, i think you know the characters at times can get like a little bit not crummy's not good they, fe- they feel a bit paper thin sometimes because they just should have gotten a little bit more love but you're not going to walk away upset I think there'll be moments you'll be like, ugh, okay, the, whatever. You'll roll your eyes, but you're gonna walk away like, all right, that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, but I will say, like, where we're at currently, waiting for episode twelve, like, he they basically like make him do this off the books Tomodachi game, and it's basically like show up and uh, you you get hurt a lot or don't show up, and your friend gets hurt a lot, and it's like, okay, wow, this is so great. This is just saw. <laughs> <laughs> we, right and it just it just makes you wonder like are these guys fucking mafia people or like what's going on like with this stupid management administration thing yeah i don't know if it's slated for a season two i don't even know if it has the legs narratively to just what comes next even even i know we haven't seen episode 12 yet it's just not out but like well it's long i i, I mean we talked about how many volumes of it, it there yeah is. like there's a lot of meat supposedly left on the bone but it's just like it's kind of a bad spot to end, I would think. Yeah. So if it gets a season two, I'd like it to explore like, you know, they 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 opened up the narrative of taking down the management and we have Tenji with motive, Yuichi with sadism and them together. It could be potentially a really um, interesting like because that's the same thing they were going to do a squid game where basically he turned around and is like, all right, I already beat the game. I got cash. I think I can go back and shut this shit down. That's that's I think that's the natural progression of this is that you you then have so to So that's like uh Alice in Borderland the like Japanese essentially version of Squid Game oh, that, yeah. was <laughs> that was better. That was better. Yeah. sort of did the same thing. I I think that's where you go, right? It, once once your once your brain is big enough and your wrinkles dense enough to beat the game they have to provide, what's next than to beat the ones putting the game on? Just completely big brain them because and in an uncontrolled setting, now you're going to let loose all the wrinkle power and just unleash hell. And if they go that direction, I think Yuji could actually be a better character to do something like that than, you know, maybe a Kaiji, maybe a Squid Game. Like, because he, he's willing to, you know, lose himself in the sadism of it all and really kind of do the thing that no one thinks he's going to do. Not because he's big brain, but because he's willing to kind of marry that, you know, cleverness with the ruthlessness in an interesting way so you know here's the hoping season two can you know they have some stuff to go on let's just see how they do if they do you know but uh yeah i need i need yuji to go jack the ripper coon yes i wanted to be john wicku but with his brains and not his guns <laughs> that'd be so sick <laughs> but maybe some guns maybe some gunplay yeah blah, why blah, not blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. look at how big my brain is blah um, but turns out he was a hitman from the age of three. Oh my god! You guys really fucked up. <laughs> that would actually be sick. I, I I wouldn't hate that narrative. I wouldn't hate that pivot. Um, so I am gonna give this show a seventy-six out of a hundred bad mouth cards. That is actually pretty high. Um, I don't know. I really think it deserves anywhere in the seventies, but I think for I really did enjoy it. Like I really every episode I was like, "Ooh, I can't wait to see what happens." So, I'll give it a 76 as well. Yeah, so I mean, a little high, sure, 
I think objectively it could go down a couple points, and we said his stuff here. But it, I, like, I think if we were being objective, like this is max seventy. <laughs> I, I I guess like if I because I am putting enjoyment factor because I didn't walk away so critical of it until we had to be critical on this show. I think if you right, if you and exactly. I if I were to discuss with someone at work or something that I know is a fan, like yeah yeah it was it was fun like it was you know twists and turns here and there yeah. but cool flick yeah cool flick cool flick right <laughs> so yeah maybe like a I would say seventy six because like it would be low seventies but. It's still, it's not an enigma why I enjoyed it. It's, you know, a psychological thriller is always going to draw me in. Interesting, you know, like, even if the reveals are shitty, it's like, ooh, that just, uh, that just uh, satisfied me to get to the next episode, right? If a show can do that, I still think it's, you know, mid-70s, um, but it, it would have to have such a narrative flaw to put it lower than, like, 70, 71. I don't think it had any huge narrative major issues but you know we gotta do what we gotta do ethan we are professors after all we have to put the shit under a microscope but it sure as hell looks pretty from far away i mean and hey they used manabukun the mascot was cgi the entire time that was some good fucking cgi i'm gonna say right now i'm cool with that I think it helps that he like was supposed to look so cartoonish. Yeah, and, like, he's a mascot, out, like outlandish. Yeah, is he a real mascot, by the way? Like, is that something? It seemed like he might have been like a child's. Uh... Yeah, but was that something that like they pulled on? Um, uh, I think so. Yeah, not that. I want m- that mascot. Do you have any? Uh, while well, I look this up and see if I can pu- put this in some of the Japanese trivia. Yeah, sure. So I saw uh, both Jurassic Park Dominion and I saw Top Gun Maverick Ooh. this week. Hell yeah, dude. Which one is better? I uh, I think Top Gun is objectively better, but I'm a Jurassic Park whore. So, you are, yes. Yeah. So that's why I was wondering what you were um, saying. For me, the nostalgia was heavier for that movie because that's like, you know, Jurassic Park 1's my favorite movie all time. And so... Like getting to see my like original cast come back a little bit, um, you know, was just really cathartic for me. But Top Gun, I think, actually was like genuinely a really good movie, which I did not expect. Okay, that's that's good to hear. Shit. So <laughs> this is. I I would give you guys trivia, but I am literally in a hotel room and I'm not in my normal setup, so my whole like shit's fucked up. Fair, I can say. fair enough. So. I will do one little piece of trivia that is just from my searching just now. So it turns out that Manabu Kun, as we know him, is not a real mascot, but there is a real mascot <gasps> called Manabu Dejoko Sensei, the very real and regal mascot of Jotsu University of Education and is based on the school building itself and wears a cape. He looks horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post this in the Discord with absolutely no uh, no, context. no context at all while I'm editing this right now. And uh, the only thing after that I can honestly say is thanks y'all for coming to class. If you want to see that stuff in the Discord, patreon.com slash ubology, $1 and up get you into that Discord with all of the lovely Patreon folk and all of our past guests. I was recently just on Anime Summit doing a what they call a cinematography episodes they do a series on movies that they watch that aren't necessarily anime at all and i was on for sonic the hedgehog too good really good time go go check them out it was a really fun experience um 
but you can talk to them in the in the Discord. Three dollars and up gets you to syllabus sidebar, the lo-fi high vibes, sometimes anime, sometimes not, sometimes visual, and sometimes on hiatus show where we talk about life and things and stuff we wouldn't talk about necessarily on the main one. You know, I didn't say shit this time because I'm a classy broad today. I'm a classy broad. But uh other than that, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast fix. You're already on the platform, guys. You can just go right back to the catalog and just start ripping it and stuff that we've talked about in the past. All the links wherever you get your podcast fix are in the descriptions below. And like, comment, subscribe wherever you do the things like YouTube. Um, but I think that is it. I, dude, I swear I'm going to have nightmares of this fucking mascot. It couldn't be more different than the Mount Abu we, we've come to love. I hate, I hate <laughs> that this is the real thing that exists. I'd like to be. I'd like to petition to change this mascot. I don't know how it's gonna happen. Yeah, but I'll get there. maybe we should start a petition. <laughs> yep. But until I can get this grassroots movement that needs to happen off the ground, I'm Ricky and I'm E Dog, and this is Millibology. A deuces. Yeah, that was so big brain, dude. I think this the mystery of this mascot existing is really the mystery. The the big brain shit. Here. We gotta figure that out. <laughs>